Orale. Bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFP podcast. This is your host, Jorge Martin. Happy a couple days after Christmas. Happy almost New Year. Happy almost New Year's Eve. But most of all, happy championship week, Familia. Happy championship week. You are here. You are in the finals. You're ready to rock and roll and win that ship. Win that chip, whatever you want to call it. Thank you again. And thank you all for keeping an eye on us and following us on YouTube. Please make sure to give us a like and subscribe. Give us that thumbs up. Keep our numbers growing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And also, we are a proud member of the Fantasy Points Media Group. So please, uh, right now, they've got the best promo promotion out there, 30% off. You get the 2023 season. You get the remainder of the 2022 coverage, which takes you all the way through the Super Bowl. A lot of great DFS content, a lot of betting content coming up. My man over here to, to my left, is that you're right? Is actually one of the one of the content creators for that. So he's he's in there. So familia, make sure you get in there when you get uh you know and and get that promo code. And I mean that I've I teased him. Uh, you know, it's like I said, it's championship week, and I wanted to bring on my compadre. We we've been talking about uh, coming on uh, recently, and just so glad we were able to work it out this week. And it's one of the biggest weeks of the year. And I realized this morning as I was putting together the show doc that the very first fantasy football live stream other than my own that I was on was Run Boys After Dark. And it was the 2021 NFL draft. And this man was on there. And I always thought one of he had one of the coolest Twitter handles out there. I still do. And uh, luckily for me, you know, he and I have become buen amigos compadres and uh, someone who's been a big help to Familia FFB for a long time. He's a rising estrella in the community and we've become colleagues of fantasy points as i mentioned does great content on their great betting content and and great information on the market report every week he's also doing doing work for vegas insider football guys and coming back soon he's the, uh, is the high floor football podcast with jay arsht uh my oh my amigo he's all fly eagles fly and likes to tee him high and let it fly so bienvenido sam wagman mi amigo sam welcome Thanks for having me, man. And uh, you know, it's been a, it's been a while since I've been on a uh, a live stream, and we were talking about that a little bit before the show. It's nice to uh, get back into the swing of things, and uh, you know, it, it's like I said, it's been a while, and uh, I'm just happy to be back uh, talking some fantasy football. You know, uh, a lot of people talk about you know the burnout of the season, and, and sure, it all hits us a little bit differently. But uh, I- I'm happy that we've finally made it to week 17 it is the most important week of the fantasy football season other than the week before the season when we all draft and uh hopefully some of us are in the championships i'm not you uh did me the uh kind courtesy of knocking me out of the fantasy points staff league where i had a juggernaut of a team that decided to uh well they decided to lay lay their heads down about a week too early but you know Life goes on and uh, rooting for you in the finals. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you. I'm going up against. I I, I made the joke in the in the Discord that uh, I'm David going up against the Goliath of uh, Brett Wyfield, mm-hmm. Stephen O'Rourke, and Chris Wecht. I mean, just those those fantasy minds are that's that's a lot of brain power coming out of there. So yeah, they got all that uh, data too. It's like unfair. <laughs> I, I i felt i felt kind of lucky that i was able to grab hassan haskins uh off of waivers that that, that they i would have thought they would have stashed him like three weeks ago or something like that but uh luckily grabbed him it, it, it's that was that was a crazy one you know it's funny you know you uh, Josh Jacobs let you down. Well, he let me down in another league where I had a juggernaut going on. And uh, that, that team 
that that all that team just uh, fell uh, just uh, five points short after being the point leader by two hundred points. Twelve and two team, just uh, just painful. And it, and you know what? It's with a lot of friends of ours. Troy, it's the Thirsty Thursday dynasty league so you know troy's in there jeff bell joy wright kelly singh it's like some you know <laughs> some great minds and it's just I, I i thought it was going to be the inaugural champ but uh oh well and 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 i got to and i got to lose in my familia league by that meaningless you know six yard pass to to michael Pittman on monday night football where oh. i was leading by 0.10 and i thought just don't do anything. Don't do anything. And then they threw him that pass under two minutes, fourth down pass. And it, it, it didn't even get the first down. So, but yeah, uh, I remember that because I needed Nick Foles to complete that to hit a, uh, a, a passing attempts prop that missed by two passing attempts, but because he couldn't even get it to the sticks, you know, it just didn't even matter. So. Oh man. Yeah. It, right? Brutal, brutal. Truly is. But such as <laughs> such as fantasy football, as we've seen all over the industry the past few days, numerous people complaining about Josh Jacobs this and Justin Herbert that, and you know it, it just it goes on and on and on. It just seems like all of us were in the wrong place at the wrong times with our superstar teams. But you know it goes on. Yeah, DeAndre, and you know what, DeAndre Hopkins was another one. You know, where it's just yeah. like, okay, I, I don't know if it's DeAndre Hopkins. It's I'm not going to put put the blame on DeAndre Hopkins. I'm putting it on Trace McSorley not being able to find a six foot three guy with elastic man arms. So, I, I, God, that one's painful. <laughs> yeah, I I think the DeAndre Hopkins thing was just so bad. Like you you're turning your safety blanket into Greg Dorch of all people. And it's just like, you know, you have DeAndre Hopkins, who's produced with every single bad quarterback over the years. You know, Trace McSorley should have just been added to the list, but it, yeah, it, he is, just, it is what it is. It, it is what it is. I mean, that, that's the thing. You kind of you kind of accept it and uh, you kind of you're, you're kind of like, oh, you hope that things even out. Like, look, I got you. I was a fourth place team. I, I, you know, I, I had a really good team that had some bad losses, but, uh, you know, I just. I, I snuck in, got the got the right win on on the week, and now all of a sudden, yeah, I'm hoping for Patrick Mahomes to win a one on one game uh, when I'm going up against Josh Allen. But uh, that's that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be fun. But uh, I wanna I wanna welcome in a couple people who are in the chat, including one uh, very special guest, uh, one, one very special long time Alberto. Bienvenido, bienvenido, and also I'll uh, saying a quick shout out to Mr. Scampers. I, I know you've, I know you, I know you're you're familiar with Mr. Scampers, the coolest cat around. I also want to uh, welcome in the uh, Dame Overboard, who is one of the top thirty in the Scott Fishbowl. So, you know, welcome, welcome, Dame, welcome, Dame. That that was. Uh, I, I, I was so wishing I could have been there. I wish I'd started Tyler Higby instead of, uh, in, in instead of Ty, Patty F Pat Fryer Muth, or else I'd have been in the, I'd, I'd have gotten the extra, the extra 18 points would have put me in the finals. So, but that's okay. Dame, you're representing the LA live draft. Uh, one, one of my favorite people I met that day. So congratulations. And I'm going to have to bring you on, on a show pretty soon to talk about it. So, uh, but man, you know what? And, and so, so Sam, in this week, how much do you, uh, you know, with, you know, when you get to, when you got something to play for, and and you know, and obviously you're getting questions from people left and right. 
are you are you playing hot hand are you playing the the you know dance with who brought you uh you know situation matchup uh, what what are you bringing in you know, the, the week 17 is a bit weird. And, it, I, you know, this is something that I think we're going to have to start dealing with uh, in future years as we start to kind of accept what uh, the addition of a 18th week to this league kind of looks like in the fantasy landscape. And, you know, it's it's unclear if the NFL will change their buy schedule around a little bit to kind of make things a little bit uh, easier for fantasy managers. But in terms of the NFL, uh, you know, an extra week is, is you know, it we view it as just another week of playing fantasy football. But these NFL players, it's another week of wear and tear on their bodies. And it's also another week that teams will look to rest players to keep them healthy for the playoffs. It's another week where they're, they'll look to their backups to see what they got waiting in the wings. You know, it's another it's it's a week where teams tend to go off script. And we've seen that in week 18 or week 17 in the past because it was typically a week where all the playoff matchups were typically locked up already and teams looked to their backups. They, they sat their starters. Well, now we're kind of seeing that in week 17, you know, we had the news of Derek Carr getting benched today for Jared Stidham. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has popped up on the injury report with a, with a, a foot injury or a knee injury. You know, we have the, we have the Titans sitting half of their offense and most of their defense. <sighs> So, you know, Derrick Henry is not playing because this is a literal, well, not, not literal, but almost meaningless game for the Titans in, in, because the only game that matters is week 18 against the Jaguars. That'll be for the division. But if they can't make it to the wild card, then week 17 doesn't really matter. So you have a lot of, you have a lot of issues here that you have to contend with as fantasy managers. And that, that causes you to kind of look at things a little bit different way. So I'm keeping my ear, you know, you know, looking at the beat writers, look, looking at the, the team pages on Twitter, looking for Schefter and Rappaport news, seeing what comes out, seeing what teams are, you know, looking to sit who, um, you know, guys like Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs don't look as strong without Derek Carr there. Ooh, uh, yeah. You know, possibilities like like uh you know alan lazard and aaron jones if aaron Rodgers doesn't play that's a huge thing so i mean th there are teams that will look to sit their starters the eagles are probably not going to play jalen hurts again this week because they feel that they can sit him and still play gardner Minshew, who played very well last week against the cowboys all things considered and they can beat the saints who are pretty much worthless uh, you know as a, as a team there so Teams will look to do whatever they can to get themselves right for the playoffs because at the end of the day, these NFL teams, you know, we 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 say it and we say it and we said it again. They, they don't care about fantasy. They they want to they have real money on the line, you know, tons of millions of billions of dollars invested in these players and in everything. And so they want they want their teams that are in the playoffs, they want them to succeed. So they're gonna do what's best for them, and it's not gonna be what's best for us. So we just have to contend with that and deal with that. It's another way of strategy. But, you know, in the future, it'll be interesting to see what um, fantasy managers do in, in terms of do they move do they move the playoffs back a week after we move them forward a week to contend with the week 18? Do we move them back a week, start again in week 14 like we used to, and just go 14, 15, and 16 to take away from week mm -hmm. 17 sitting and everything like that? Because, you know, 
it seems like teams are going to look more and more to a load management style of play, which the NBA has unfortunately adopted. So I believe that you have to really pay attention in a week like this and not, not just, you know, uh, obviously next week, even more, if you still have games going in week 18, but in week 17 is not the safe haven that people once thought it was where teams still play all their starters. So it's, it's a lot of information you have to pay attention to in a week like this. I, you know, obviously if, if the guys brought me there, I'm probably playing them, but you know, if, if there's quarter, if there's, you know, injuries or benchings, stuff like that, coaches getting fired, I'm looking the other way and trying to see who else I can fit in. You know what that you brought up some, just some fantastic points because also, you know, we've also heard some rumblings about there being a potential game 18 at some point just to get more TV revenue, to get the Super Bowl to end on uh, President's Day weekend and that that kind of thing. I mean, I know the NFL, you know, they 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 love the extra TV revenue and everything like that. So uh, that would make play even more havoc on, on our teams and may even, you know, they may even bring on another buy or something like that, which would be very interesting. But, uh, but yeah, and this week it's, uh, I mean, you know, right now we're, we're, finishing off this week I don't, and, and uh i think when we i think next year if for some reason the bye weeks end earlier than week 14 maybe maybe as an industry we look to end in week set you know week 16 kind of like we did before but mm-hmm. I, I just i just wonder and yeah that week 14 by mcgeddon i just you know that was just that, that was just painful but uh you know it, it's it, with this week uh I mean, you're, you're looking at every situation. I mean, you're, you're definitely looking at injuries very closely. I mean, I won a championship mm-hmm. last year with Jarrett Patterson as uh, like my uh, my fifth running back that I that I had just just in case. Um, and Taysom Hill as a uh, as a streaming quarterback. Yeah, that team just limped in. It was that <laughs> was lucky as all get out. It was a nice fourteen team league. But uh, for the most part, I mean. You are starting your studs. The lucky thing is, you know, take, take and we had that horrific weather that was everywhere except for you in South Florida and me in Southern California. Everywhere else it was bad. <laughs> it, was, it was like us in Hawaii and maybe little parts of Arizona that were that were nice. Everywhere else it was just horrible. Um, it looks like the temperatures are coming up a little bit this week. Um, not a lot of rain to deal with. The games that we're t- that we're going to be talking, we're going to be talking about six games this week, um, and then I'll 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 do more in a longer a couple of longer form articles uh, to break down all the games. But I, you know, that that to me is a big help, especially that Monday night football game that's going to be just a knockdown drag out. And we'll talk about that one in a, in a second, but you know, you, you hinted at a little bit of the quarterback situation and we we've gotten a lot of quarterback upheaval this week. And, and, and in a season that's had probably more quarterback upheaval than, than we're used to. And, you know, you talked about, we'll start with Derek Carr getting benched for Jarrett Stidham. You I mean, you, you already said it. It, it brings down the value of, of, De- of Devontae Adams big time. It, I even got the question in, in, the, in the Fantasy Points Discord today, should I sit Devontae Adams? And I just, I, I said, I couldn't, I can't in good conscience say sit Devontae Adams. I mean, could you find any scenario where you would sit Devontae Adams this week? I mean, yeah, I kind of would. And, it, you know, look, we, we talked about, you know, and, 
Devonte Adams went to de- went to Las Vegas specifically to play with his best friend Derek Carr, and now Derek Carr is benched. He's most likely they're going to explore trying to trade him, but when they fail to trade him, they're going to cut him. And Devonte Adams will have to face life going forward with a coach who doesn't know how to get out of his own way, and no tenable quarterback situation in a team that just has misstep after misstep after misstep. So uh, Jared Stidham's not good. He wasn't good at Auburn. Mm-mm. He wasn't good when he got to the pros. And the last time I saw him, he wasn't that quite good either. So uh, I, I don't really know what to expect here. He's thrown 61 passes, passes in his NFL career. He's never started a game, in a, an NFL game in his life. I, I don't know if you can, in good conscience, play Devontae Adams when in the last two games, he's caught four passes on 18 targets. Like, how, how yeah. can you, how can you feasibly, how can you feasibly, or six, six passes on 18 targets, sorry. How can you feasibly start Devontae Adams when he's put up two good, two very bad performances in back-to-back weeks? And it's, I mean, and it's, and do we expect the accuracy to get any better? No. I don't and, know. And I, it, yeah, Stidham's, Stidham's not showing you that. So Ooh, we, get, we got a good question. This is a good one considering Philadelphia. Would you start Devontae Smith over Devontae Adams this week? Yes, I would. And the only reason I'm so sure of that is because A.J. Brown popped up on the injury report with a knee issue today that I remember he he got a little got a little nicked up in last week's game and was limping around at points. He, they were working on his shin at one point. Uh, I would definitely start Devontae Smith. He is he'd be a wide receiver one on most teams. I'm you know, I'm one of the more Devonte heavy guys uh, around fantasy Twitter. I'm, you know, by far on him as a top 20, top 15 wide receiver in the NFL. I would, I would start him over Devonte Adams just because I'm more confident Gardner. He, I'm more confident in his quarterback Gardner Minshew or Jalen hurts. Both of them will get Devonte Smith, the ball and they'll feed it to him. And we saw, and like we, like we talked about, we saw with DeAndre Hopkins with, you know, with a third string quarterback who couldn't, who, just couldn't find him. That's what's good. That that's what you could be looking at with Devonte Adams, and it sucks. And on top of it, they're playing one of the best defenses in the NFL, if not the best defense in the NFL, the 49ers. Mm-hmm. So it, you look at that one, and it, you just can't. It, it, it's it's hard to start that. I hope you got like Tyreek Hill in that other wide receiver spot <laughs> uh, to to take over for Devonte Smith. But you're right. And this is one of those hard decisions that you have to make in championship week. You know, sometimes you have to, you know, you have to make that hard decision because you've got a guy that's that that can take you there. You're not you're not sitting Devonte Adams for Jacoby Myers. You're not doing that. Right. But you know, for Devonte Smith, you got a guy like that. I mean, that's a stud. I mean, he's got like eight. He's got eight targets. I believe it's like five or six games in a row that he's got that. I don't have that stat in front of me, but I mean, he he is a wide receiver one, and it's one and one a in Philly. So, uh, just yeah, great, great question, Albert. Great question. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you, you talked about the 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 Philly Gardner Minshew. We'll talk about him a little bit more uh, when when we get to when we talk about that game. But it, I, I'm I, could they win and sit J- Jalen Hurts all the way through the, to the divisional rounds? 
Because honestly, if you win this game, you're not. There's no reason to play Jalen Hurts in Week 18. Correct. Correct. Uh, to to me, um, what I would do personally is I would be playing. You know, and I, I like I said, I don't think they're going to play him this week. But if I were the coach, I would play Jalen Hurts in the first half of each of this week and next week. Let him, you know, you don't because you don't want the guy to go in to the playoffs without playing mm. for a month, month straight. See, that's see. a first round exit or or a second round, whatever it is, whether we get the buy or not. That's a, that's a first game exit. Like it screams first game exit. He's a young quarterback. He doesn't have much fantasy or doesn't have much playoff experience. Uh, not playing him for a full month and then asking him to go out there, offer it, not a good recipe for success for the for this team. This team needs to be, you know, cycling through. It's a mistake we've made in the past as a playoff team and sitting sitting all the starters doesn't work that well. So I, I'm I'm personally in favor of him playing the first half of each of this and next week's game. Um you know, at least give him a few drives. Let you know, let it, let him let him know what it's like to throw a football in the cold weather. Uh, I you know, this week's game is home, and whether next week's game is at MetLife or at the Link, uh, it'll be in cold enough weather so that if they do get the bye and it goes through Philly, he'll he'll you know be acclimated to the cold weather and playing in it. I th- I think you know it's yeah it's almost like treating it as. A, as an exhibition game, a preseason game, just mm-hmm. kind of get those reps, you Absolutely. know, keep them, keep them hot. I, I would like to see them clinch this. I mean, it, uh, for you, for your sanity, have them clinch the best record in the, in the NFC with Gardner starting, starting the whole game. Uh, and then, and then next week, give them, give them a half or, you know, mm-hmm. several series just to get them, get them nice and hot. So yeah, you're right. Cause I remember, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, probably about 20 years ago, the, the Denver Broncos, they clinched like at the, with John Elway, they had that 13 and O team. They clinched like at the beginning of December and basically like rested everybody throughout December. And they got not, they got knocked out in the playoffs. They just, it was, they, they it was like, they'd gotten, they'd gotten so, they, they'd gotten so much rust on them. Uh, uh, let me see. Uh, oh, uh, Sam, this one's from Peng's picks our, our buen amigo. Um, I can, I can only say that if the, the Eagles had Melvin Gordon playing on defense, they probably wouldn't have given up so many points. Um, <laughs> no, for real, for real, uh, the Eagles have played well against man coverage all season or played well using man coverage defense when they've used it all season long. Uh, Dak Prescott sucks against man coverage and Jonathan Gannon decided to go out and play zone about 95% of the game and Dak went 24 for 24. That's why. <laughs> and yeah, we and we had and we had an injury to our best our best slot cornerback and uh cd lamb just dist- yeah cd lamb just destroyed all the backups and and Gann- gannon's defensive game plan cost us that game uh that was that was rough and you know what and still Minshew almost pulled it out so that, that yeah he was- did that was that was amazing. I actually started him in the Scott Fishbowl. So uh it started him over Trevor Lawrence when I saw the monsoon that was uh descending on there. So we got another question, and we got a couple more quarterbacks to talk about. But okay, from Caden the Colts fan, thank you for your question. I'm in a rough spot. Lost two and Henry for my chip. So we don't know for sure. We know that Henry is doubtful, but it's more than it's trending like he's, he's gonna not sit. Playing. He's not so playing. oh oh it's official. Yeah, he, he, he's not gonna play. Oh well there's we, no we won't know there's, officially yeah. until yeah, there's right. no reason. Yeah. So, uh, at T's got Con- Conklin or Schultz. 
Um, I'd, I'd, I'd play. I'd play Schultz. I'd play I Schultz. So. Uh, they're he's going to play at least the, at least the first half. It's the it's the second worst defense in the league against tight ends. Um, it, it's really kind of a smash spot. Uh, I mean, it, who are the Jets playing? Um, play the Seahawks. I mean, it, it's Seahawks. also a great matchup. It's also a great matchup for Conklin. I mean, you kind of have the best of both worlds. Give me the better talent in, in a situation like that. Um, but you really can't go wrong with starting either of them. I'm personally starting Schultz because I think he still plays the whole game. Whether or not Dak plays yeah. the whole game is is remains to be seen. But I think Schultz will play the whole game. I totally agree with you. That's that that that's my call on that one. So in the other one at the flex, Isaiah Hodgins, Richie James Jr., Latavius Murray, or Hassan Haskins. That's that is a rough um, spot. You you looked. Uh, I I can't I can't tell you off the top of my head. It's going to be one of Hodgins or James, and it's whoever plays the slot more. Uh, they don't have Kenny Moore. Keenan Allen just destroyed the Colts. That's right on Monday night. Uh, it's whoever plays. It's that whoever plays the slot more. And to the off the top of my head, I think it's Isaiah Hodgins. So, but I'm not sure. I have to check. I'll check right a wire after and see see the snap counts. But I, I would I would probably start Hodgins. He's played really well over the last couple of weeks. They yeah, and it, and it's gonna be they're they're gonna be they're going to be passing the ball. And and the thing, the other thing about the Colts, their defense, they've got a good secondary, but they've been more mortal when they've played, uh, when, when they played against uh, outdoors in, in mm. the elements. So yep. they've been dominant at home, but yeah, it's, it, it's tougher. Uh, yeah. I, I, I tend to agree with that. I mean, Murray, the thing with Murray, he's going to get, get game scripted out of the game pretty quickly. When yeah, when, and, and Haskins, you're still going against the Cowboys def, defense, and it, it's still a good defense. Uh, and and Haskins, I'm I'm not a I'm not a Hassan Haskins fan. I, I personally think he sucks. Uh, I, I wasn't high on him coming out of coming out of Michigan. I think he's just a short yardage plotter. Uh, do, doesn't do much for me. So I, I'm personally, I, I don't think he, I wasn't advocating to pick him up at all. But, uh, you know, if you have them, it's nice to, you know, keep anybody else from potentially getting lucky there. But I, I wouldn't start him. That tape he put up against Ohio State, though, was pretty impressive. But, yeah, when he yeah. when he ran like a four, was it like a four six in the uh, in, in the 40, that just kind of dropped his draft capital at that point. But uh, Caden, the Colts fan, hopefully. Guy. Oh, well, let me see. Hold on. Uh, uh, if Richie Caden James is in the slot, then go ahead. Then go ahead with Richie yeah. James. I, I think they're both. I think they're both good. I think James is. Uh, you know, Hodgins is going to be more of a solid floor. I think James will be a little bit more of an upside play. I, I think you're right. And, and actually, you know, sneaky, sneaky play with the, uh, Daniel Jones out there. So mm-hmm. uh, he, you know, especially with his rushing upside. So uh, on the other side, we got uh, the Carson Wentz. He's now the quarterback, now the starter for the Washington Commanders, getting back to getting back to those guys. Uh, that seems to, you know, it, it's funny. I, I, our amigo Graham Barfield pointed out that Wentz doesn't target McLaurin the way Heineke does. And he, he seems to spread it around, around Curtis Samuel to a little bit to McLaurin also to Jahan Dotson. Uh, and does that impact if you're starting any of those guys, uh, does that impact how you feel about them? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not sure about Jahan Dotson's numbers, but Graham mentioned that McLaurin's numbers with Wentz dropped to a uh, 13.4% targets per route run. I mean, that yeah. is horrible. 
as like 1.4 uh, yards per route run, like just not good. Like he, Curtis Samuel, he was Curtis Samuel out targeted him in every single game that Carson Wentz has played this season. Like, uh, I mean, and now you're going up against the Browns defense that's weak, but you'd still rather run a little bit against them. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough for me to really depend on, on them. I do think Carson Wentz is a better thrower of the football in Taylor hockey, but his decision-making is just so bad. Like I don't know if you can really trust any commander's pass catcher at this point. Feels like another organization that's just in limbo, like complete limbo. They, they need to, but the thing is they also need to find out it's kind of weird. They're in the playoff hunt, but they also need to find out if Wentz is, Wentz is potentially their future. And, He's not. I, you know, I, I, it's, it's hard to hard to expect that. But man, it it almost feels like I was listening to uh, a, di- a different podcast the other day, and it was just like the the state of the quarterback is going to be something we're going to talk about a lot in the off season. You know, it's kind of uh-huh. like the 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 we know who the elite guys are the the six to eight uh, best of the best, the Top Gun guys, and uh, but yeah, after after that, it gets pretty dicey. The Especially after like the top four, it it drops pretty pretty decidedly. But oh that's, yeah, you, yeah, it's so difficult now. Oh man, man, and uh, you know Teddy Bridgewater for two in for Tua. I mean, obviously the concussion protocol very scary. Good thoughts over to Tua. Teddy B did have a 329 yard game uh, playing for Tua going to going to the New England where they they got. They they got they got punched up a little bit by by Joe Burrow, but it's in New England. It's gonna it's gonna be a tough game. Uh, I, 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 does that worry you if you've got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle on your team? No, not really. I don't think anybody New England has can really contain them. That's gonna be the game plan that that Belichick puts out is 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 shutting them down the same way you tried to take away Tyreek right. Hill. You th- but even if you throw a safety deep, I mean. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with Tyreek Hill. We we saw in Kansas City if you throw a safety over the top and just stick him with man, stick him you know with with his own coverage and stick a safety over the top the entire way. That kind of takes things away. Uh, you know, just too high running safeties too high uh, over him. So I, I think Waddle will have a very solid game. Uh, the Patriots have really gotten beaten up by wide receivers on the outside rather than right, wide receivers on the slot. So, uh, you know, keep an eye out for that. But I, I don't know. It, it really depends on what Teddy Bridgewater looks like. We, we just see him so infrequently this season that I'm not sure that this offensive line can protect him. Uh, we know Belichick's, you yeah. know, he loves he loves to send that pass rush after everyone. He's definitely going to send it after Teddy B. I think the, I think the Patriots win this game. I agree. I think despite the I think... obvious talent, despite the obvious talent difference. Um, I, I just think, personally, I just think Mike McDaniel's the new age version of Chip Kelly. Everyone figured out his offense already, and now he's kind of now he's kind of jumping around trying to juggle some things. Now he's now his quarterback's done, uh, probably for the season, and okay. you know he's he's gonna have to figure out a way to navigate a playoff run now without his quarterback. So, uh, you know the the question. I don't know if Miami's going to look too hard at this game. They seem pretty locked into a wild card spot. I think it's the six seed. So I I I think they're just going to let this game slide. I, I I honestly wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots won by double digits. 
Oh man. So, uh, Caden, the Colts fan, you got, you, you also got your, you got, if, if they aren't passing much, we're going to talk about this game in a second. So you're going to get some answers out of that one. But, uh, one other question, load management this week for teams. I, I think we've already talked about Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, I, I think, I, I think you point, you, you touched on the fact that if Dak gets them off to a big lead because it's going to be that that's going to be a game that that gets a lot that where they can pass but um i i you know i'm trying to think i don't know if there's anybody who's really looking at load management issues i think i think the only thing you can uh you're worried about is if i think if uh kansas city gets out to such a big lead that that maybe they 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 sit Mahomes in the fourth quarter but you know, hopefully by that point he's already put up thirty-five points for you. So yeah, uh, but the the uh, the Chiefs don't have the benefit of scoreboard watching since the Bills don't play till Monday night. Um, right. You know, and they're they're tangling for the one seed. Um, the Eagles are going to the Cowboys don't have the benefit of scoreboard watching because they play tomorrow night, and the Eagles don't play till Sunday. And the Vikings are are going to be a little bit interesting to see what they do. Um, because they're trying to get, they're possibly trying to get a first round buy as well. I don't, mm-hmm. no, nothing's locked up, so I don't really know if if we see any guys do particular load management other than who we've already gone over, uh, which is pretty much just the Titans at this point, since they're kind of locked into where they are. Uh, the Chargers could could look to be an interesting one. I, I know they're kind of teetering behind the five, the five and six seed right now. Uh, they can't win a division. Um. The Ravens. And I think. Might they, I think they'd. Ra- I, I think they'd rather. I think they'd rather win out because I think if they win out, they could be facing Jacksonville instead of Cincinnati. Correct. So yeah, uh, I, I also think that. I mean, so uh, there's not there's not a ton. Um, another one I can think of is possibly the 49ers if they just get out to such a huge lead. We might we mm-hmm. might not see guys like George Kittle and and Christian McCaffrey. I know I know Christian McCaffrey is probably someone to look at. Uh, you know, in terms of in terms of whether he gets twenty to twenty five carries, my guess would be probably no. I'd probably put him in the range of more like ten to seventeen. So, you know, if if you're asking me that one, that's that's probably the most high pro- profile one I can think of. Yeah, and that would be a tough one because, man, mm-hmm. he, you know, uh, hopefully he get, you know, even if he gets ten to, you know, even if he gets in the mid to high teens, hopefully he gets five to six targets. Um, mm-hmm or receptions to just kind of boost them up a little bit, but um, well, let's get it. Let's get into some games, um, mm-hmm. some games to talk about. We're going to, we're going to jump into the first game that we're, that we're going to talk about is the Thursday night football game. And it is that we've got the Dallas Cowboys, 11, four at the Tennessee Titans, seven and eight Dallas negative six uh, is six point favorites, 43 points. Like I said, weather's not an issue. It's going to be about 53 degrees, which is much warmer than it was last week. Dak Prescott's coming off of that 347-yard game that I know put a dagger in, you know, in your side. But that was his first 300-yard game in the season. And, you know, considering the matchup where Tennessee is number 29, allowing 322.5 yards per game since week 12. A lot any yards per game averages that we talk about are since week 12 to get more more recent. Uh, you know, when when you're looking at Dak Prescott for this week, uh, what is I, I'm feeling pretty confident about him because uh, the good quarterbacks are getting at are, are getting at Tennessee, and as you mentioned, their their defense has has a lot of guys out. Uh, yeah, could we see another 300 yard game out of him this week? I don't know. I think I think it really depends how how well they play in the first half because if they if they go up like 
you know, you know, and we're talking about Malik Willis and like a skeleton crew for the right. Titans here. Uh, if they, if the, if the Cowboys go up like 24, nothing in the first half, I, there's, there's a decent chance we just don't see Dak in the second half. At, and I think they could employ that same kind of style. I wanted the Eagles to take where we just see Dak play a half here, a half next week, go into the playoffs. He's rested, but he's also not, um, he's not rusty. So uh, I could see that since there's pretty much like an 8% chance the Eagles have to lose out and the Cowboys have to win out for them to get the buy and the NFC East. And that that's all that's left for them. Uh, they're pretty much locked into that force that, uh, that uh, fifth spot otherwise. So I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see another 300 yard game from Dak. I took him to go over his passing t- touchdowns. I took him to get one and a half passing touchdowns. I think that's, that's, that's a safe play. The yardage play, the, his yardage play is, is short. It's at two thirty eight. Um, but I mean, this, this number has just risen so much that I think the Cowboys just roll over them. You know, you said it opened at six and a half. It's not 12 and a half. So I think oh, wow. there's a decent chance that the Cowboys just roll in this game, but they can roll with their backups. They don't, they, you know, this Titans team is going to be so bad tomorrow that it wouldn't shock me if the Cowboys are just playing second and third stringers on the offense come the second half, uh, give Pollard the night off to get healthy, you know, let, let Dak, you know, rest up for a little bit. Um, but you know, Dak's only, Dak's only not thrown two passing touchdowns in uh, two games since coming back from his injury. And I think that he'll probably do it again here. Their, their passing defense is just awful and they're, they're missing their three top corners. So, uh, I don't know. I, I gotta take, I gotta take, uh, Dallas, but again, I don't know how much we see Dak play in this game. Yeah, I put, I, I did I put together the the point spreads yesterday, I and mean, that was before the news about the, uh, Derrick Henry came out. So yeah, I didn't realize it was twelve and a half. Now, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Now one one interesting thing, and it's it's a betting scenario that a friend of mine and I put together many you know in the late nineties, where during the season during the regular season, if there is ever a home team that has four. Few at least four fewer wins than the than the team than the team than the visiting team, which in this case is Dallas. It's exactly mm-hmm. four. You take mm-hmm. the home team, and I've I've tracked it this year. That's that that betting scenario is seven and three. So, mm-hmm. um, but I, I don't know if you I don't know if you want to put money on that. I would, uh, but. That's that's how that system works uh, for me, and I think we, I think we might have an. Uh, it, I'm I'm going to keep tracking it. it. It actually hit last year. It hit about 75 percent of the time, so wow. it 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 hits because the point spreads are so high, and then you take advantage of the home team, even the bad team at home. Uh, and actually, there was even, there was even one game where oh, it was the Detroit. Uh, Detroit was a home favorite in that scenario, and they against Minnesota, and they still covered. So that was uh, so it even even still even when they're home favorite home favorites they cover. So on, on the other side, and we talked a little, about, little bit about this. Hassan Haskins, how I, I you know he, this guy's got two carries uh, since week nine. Uh, I know he'd get the get, I, I can't tr- I can't conceivably trust him considering the fact that the Cowboys since week twelve are the number three defense against the running back. I, I can't trust Haskins even even though we've already uh, even though he would get the lion's share of the workload. Yeah, and, and here's the problem. The ideally, if you're gonna start a running back like Haskins, who's so dependent on uh getting, you know, uh yards before contact, 
like like a guy like Derrick Henry is. Um, the whole thing is is getting those yards in the early part of the game when it's still close. But if Dallas races out to like a, a 14, 21 nothing lead, Haskins isn't gonna play. It'll it'll be Julius Chestnut who's the passing down back, you know, when it's when it's not Henry. So, you know, Haskins is just, I I just don't know if we see Haskins handle any kind of suitable workload unless Tennessee miraculously keeps this game close with third stringers against Dallas starters in the first half. And I I just don't see it happening. So I, I just don't see the game script going in Tennessee's favor to where Hassan Haskins is a usable back in fantasy this week. Awesome. All right. Well, let's go to let's go to another game. Probably one of my favorite games of the week. It's one of, it's one of the highest point totals. Chicago at Detroit. Detroit is six and a half point favorites. It's a fifty point over under dome game, so we don't have to worry about that. I I you know Justin Fields. Uh, you know since since they came off of the bye and obviously he had the shoulder injury uh, that hopefully he is close to fully healed from. His weekly finishes are, are QB seven and QB twenty five. He did have in week 15, 95 rushing yards, only 11 last week. But, you know, the confidence level in starting him, especially when he had 147 rushing yards and two touchdowns in week 10 against Detroit when the game was in Chicago. Now you're on the turf. On the turf. I, I I just I, I don't see how you could uh, how you. Yeah, you, you more than likely you pick you pick somebody else as your starter. And now you're writing Justin Fields at this point. Uh I, I can't in any way, shape, or form find a reason to sit him. Can you? Yeah, no. And I mean, look, we go back to the game against Detroit. Uh, he had 13 carries for 147 yards and two touchdowns the last time they played in week 10. Like, again, this is Detroit. Like, they suck against uh, QBs. Like, they gave up the most rushing yards per game to QBs. And obviously, that's a little bit inflated by the field's numbers. But again, it, it doesn't matter because they're also they also give up the third most passing yards a lot to QBs. They are just the worst team against QBs. They give up the most fantasy points per game to QBs. They give up the most fantasy points in the red zone per game to QBs. So this is just not a good defense. They've ne- they've haven't been a good defense against quarterbacks all season long. Uh, this is a team that is going to rally behind Justin Fields because he is the future of their franchise. He's shown it this season. And the Lions are going to fight hard. They're they're going to require Justin Fields to be out there. I don't think there's a scenario where the the Bears sit Justin Fields just because they want every chance that they have to see if Justin Fields is their guy. Most of us in the fantasy community already think Justin Fields is the guy, but NFL teams, you know, will undoubtedly want to see the full body of work and see truly what he can do and. Uh, this game's going to be in a dome. That's that's an even better thing. It's not outside in the frigid cold of Sol- Soldier Field like last week. This game is in the dome, and I think Fields just absolutely goes off. Uh, if I was still doing rankings, Fields would be my QB1 or QB2 this week. Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, there's going to be two guys that are going to be battling for the QB one, but I mean, he that's a, he could literally pop off for another 150 150 yard game and just be you know and just break the slate. I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna have a DFS lineup with him, and I may even play him naked uh, just to just because he is that he is just that good and mm-hmm. you know because I of that agree. rushing upside so it, it's it, it's fantastic it's fantastic now another another fantastic matchup is the other side the lions 
Jared Goff, I mean, QB9 on the season, which none of us saw coming. It's a home game. He's got 20 touchdowns and three interceptions at home. Away, he's got only six against six touchdowns against four interceptions. Totally different team. And, and you know, you got the Bears who are number 32 against the quarterback. They've allowed 300, three 300 yard games since week nine, 11 TD passes and five TD runs. Not something that you really expect with Goff, but, you know, he is a quarterback sneak kind of guy that, uh, you know what? Probably five months ago, uh, you know, when we're when we're drafting our Scott Fishbowl teams, we're not we're we're thinking, oh yeah, Jared Goff's our third quarterback. But now, uh, I'm I'm starting him. I'm even considering starting him in some one QB game. One QB. Yes, yeah, he's been good, and uh, I I actually liked. I actually drafted Goff as my second quarterback in Scott Fishbowl, and I was really glad that I did. He uh, he really helped. He really you know came through and clutched it up for me to uh, make the playoffs initially. Uh, in Scott Fishbowl, I I think that Goff is absolutely good. He's definitely earned the starting job in Detroit next year if if they if they give it to him. I think he's a really good bridge quarterback if they decide to bring in a rookie, which I think is a really strong idea there. Um, I recently had conversations with a few friends about the Lions taking Anthony Richardson out of Florida, letting him sit for a year behind Goff, and then letting Goff roll with this a huge amount of wide receiver talent that the Lions have built around. Not to mention that their OC, Ben Ben Johnson, is an absolute stud uh, at what he does. So, I mean, Goff looks really good. And, and like we said, you know, th- this is a Bears team that has been terrible against quarterbacks lately. And uh, Goff's been really good at home. So I don't I don't see any reason to uh, take take their foot off the gas. No, it's that's gonna be a fun game. That is gonna be a really, really fun game. So we we talked a little bit about this one. Um, yeah, we we touched on this next game, New Orleans Saints, because I gotta put I gotta put in the Eagles in here, cause your hometown Eagles, because uh, even though I know you're a Florida guy, but uh, the the Saints six and nine at Philadelphia thirteen and two. It's five and a half. It's you know it's at at the link 43 and a half point over under 52 degrees. But you know what? It's, it's the dome teams that are getting outside. And this is going to be a recurring theme with uh, another one. Alvin Kamara, it's, uh, you drafted him, but I actually think that if you have options, you got to consider sitting him because I know his, his carries and his opportunities are coming up 21 and 20 carries in the last two weeks, but he was only RB 25 and RB 20 RB nine in those games. He's got uh, – there's only one other game where tw- he had 20-plus carries, but he only had six targets in those two games. And I, I'm I'm worried that him being kind of like the only show in town, the Philly D is just going to be able to swarm him because they're not they're, – Olave is probably sitting this game, and they're going to – they're not going to have any – they're not going to be able to have to – worry about the passing game and they they can just concentrate and you know stack the box against Kamara and I that Philly D is is different with Jordan Davis in the middle when the run D I'm gonna oh, yeah. I'm gonna give you the floor I totally on this agree. one <laughs> I I totally I totally agree I think that I think the Eagles uh you know they typically have a little bit of trouble with Kamara he's only played two games against them but he's averaged over four yards of carry in both uh, and he's pretty bit. He's been pretty busy in the uh, receiving game as well. The last game he played against us uh, in 2020, he had uh, seven catches for for 44 yards on 10 targets. Um, I think I think Andy will be pretty busy uh, running for his life and throwing the ball in this one. Yeah. Uh, you know, facing that facing that Philly pass rush. But uh, you know, 
this is going to be, this is not going to be an easy game for the saints to go out there and win. This is pretty late. Like, like I, like I said earlier, the saints don't bother me at all. I think they're poorly coached. I think, you know, you should have benched Andy Dalton for Jameis Winston months ago. Um, uh, Taysom Hill scares me. I think he scares mm. every team at this point, but, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, other than that, without Olave, I, I'm not, I'm not truly worried. It's a team that just put up 34 points on the Cowboys and their great defense. The Saints aren't the Saints aren't a good defense. Sure, they're pretty decent against the pass, but the Eagles will just run all over you. The Eagles are are multifaceted on both sides. The Eagles will take what you give them. If you take if you choose to take away the pass and you limit Gardner, you limit Gardner Minshew, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. They're just gonna run. They're just gonna run it with with Miles Sanders and, and Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott, and they're more than happy to do that against a Saints defense that hasn't stopped the run that well this season. Oh man! Well, Gardner, I, I mean, he played the full game. I mean, you you mentioned you mentioned playing half the game. Uh, you know, I I I don't know. Can you can you just see it being a scenario where they're just running the ball? They're, oh, absolutely. They're focusing on the running game this week. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, th- like I said, Philly takes what you give them. Uh, if you choose, if you choose to try and limit them through the air, um, they will, they will happily um, do that. Uh, Dallas last week uh, tried to take away the deep passing game and force Gardner into short area throws. And he still was able to, you know, kind of go with it, but he still, they still handed it off to miles quite a few times. And he went over his rushing prop last week and they gave game well, the ball a bunch down there. So, I mean, and he was able, they were able to move the ball on the ground as well. So like I said, Philly's Philly's going to take what you give them. If Jalen's there, it opens up the playbook a lot more, you know, with Gardner, it's obviously more limited, but uh, you know, they're going to take what you give them and they're going to be pretty damn good at it. Awesome. Well, another game that's got a lot of intrigue. It's Minnesota 12 and three at Green Bay seven and eight, another four, four game difference. Green Bay two and a half point favorites, 45 over under uh, 35 degrees and overcast, which I think we've, we've talked, there's been a lot of talk when dome teams go to go to temperatures under 40 degrees, it kind of, it kind of impacts them. Now, this was a game that I really targeted before the season because Number one, I really thought the the temperature was at this game was going to be similar to where it was last week. But I, I was looking at uh, I, I was kind of picking between who I was going to have as be my wide receiver one before the season. It was Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, and I chose Chase because I looked at this week and I thought, who's going to win me the championship? Is it going to be Jefferson in the dome, pl- pl- leaving his dome, going to going to frigid? Uh, Green Bay or Jamar Chase playing in the game that we're about to talk about next. And I just, I I went Chase and we will all think what might've been if he hadn't missed those four games with his injury, but Jefferson has been the truth. He's four touchdowns behind Devontae Adams away from, you know, being the leader in all the triple the triple crown categories, 123 catches, 1,756 receiving yards, eight touchdowns. He could become the first 2,000-yard receiver in the NFL history. I went back and I looked. Uh, he he did not perform well in, in games last year uh, where the temperatures were cold. Uh, in fact, in week 17, he, he let down in green Bay. So this week, this year it's the same, but I looked at week 10 when they played in Buffalo 
and the temperature was 38 degrees that day, and he lit up Buffalo, a really good pass defense for 10 catches and 193 yards and a touchdown. I, 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 and especially considering the fact that Green Bay, when he went, he in the opening weeks where it's nice weather in Wisconsin, so he nine catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns. I, I'm, I'm looking. This is just a smash spot. I, I know he's expensive in DraftKings, but uh, I think he's close to 10,000 in DraftKings. But man, what a I, I don't know. I think they're gonna. I think they're just gonna feed him in this game. Yeah, and uh, look, this is this is another game where uh, I'm not really sure the betting market is uh, leaning to the uh, the Packers here. I mean, they're they're now three and a half point favorites. They've moved up. Uh, Minnesota keeps doing this, where they keep where the public yeah. keeps riding against Minnesota. And at some point, I think we just have to accept the fact that. The Vikings not might not be fraudulent. I tweet at least once a week. I think the Vikings are a fraudulent tweet team because they do they do some dumb stuff in the game and then they come, just come back to win. And a lot yeah. of times they cover. So I mean, at some point, I think I just have to realize. I'm so sorry about that. Uh, I think I just have to realize that the Vikings might just be a good team, and Justin Jefferson is just a generational wide receiver. And the 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 truth of the matter is, the Packers just don't have anybody to stop him. What are they yeah. going to do? Put Rasul Douglas on him? Like, come on. Uh, they don't have Stokes. Jair Alexander doesn't shadow people. You know, he'll cover Jefferson a fair bit. And, uh, you know, he he was good against Jefferson a little bit earlier in the season. But, uh, look, I just don't see a scenario where Jefferson isn't out for blood, given the fact that he's chasing 2,000 yards. He's chasing the Triple Crown. You know, he, he wants the MVP. He's hungry. He wants, he wants to go off. Like he, he's not, he's not thinking about the playoffs. He's not thinking about, you know, resting his body. He wants to go out and prove that he's having a better season than Cooper cup had last year. So uh, I think the Vikings go out. I'm going to take them plus three and a half. Uh, You know, they're, they're going to, I think they cover, I think they win. Uh, I, I think this is just another game for them. And again, Roger Rogers coming up on the uh, injury report with a knee injury also kind of sways it my way. And no Christian Watson and Aaron Jones is nicked up. And th- there's just so many reasons for for us to fade Green Bay this week. Well, one guy, one guy. I don't know if we want to fade if Watson is out is Romeo Dobbs uh, against that. And uh, he he's now he's now had two healthy games. And go and if he's the one who's getting the lion's share, I know Alan Lazard is also there. But if Watson is is out, I'm looking at Dobbs going against that defense that's giving up 303.8 passing yards, which is second to last in the league. Last week they gave up three 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 wide receivers who are all nondescript. They gave 79 at least 79 receiving yards to all three receivers for the Giants. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm looking there. Their defense has gotten beat beat up all season. I I like Dobbs this week. I, I I'm I've got I got a couple of horror, you know. So, uh, I think it was Dobbs against Mike Williams questions and uh, one one Dobbs Mike Williams question. And I really had to think long and hard. And I think I still went Williams, but it made me really think long and hard. Yeah, and Dobbs is a good player. I I don't know if he's at the point where we can take him over someone like Mike. Mike Williams yet seeing as he hasn't really done enough to justify that. But uh, I, yeah, look, uh, I'm more, I, I do like Dobbs. I liked him a lot coming out of Nevada. I think, I think he's got some talent. I just, I don't know exactly where this, uh, 
where this Green Bay team is in terms of, you know, their, their playoff hopes. Because I, I don't know. They, they, need, they need to win out and then some things for them to make the playoffs. And uh, I'm not really sure if that's, that's a ton of their focus. So, I, I, again, with, with Rodgers, iffy. I, I don't know if I'm willing to put my uh, put my hat behind any Packers skill players at this point. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I mean, where, where the where the Vikings are a little bit better is against the run, but uh, which you know, yeah, supposedly it's AJ Dillon's season. Uh, he, he has he has played well of late, and actually, I am starting him in that fantasy point staff league. Um, you got to You got it. I got to Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going. Yeah, him and Tyler Algier. So gotta love it. I'm just like I had it planned out before when I drafted Javante Williams uh, back in September. But uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know what? A couple quick questions, and then we're gonna get into the Monday Night Football game. But um, you know, the Caden, the Colts fan, CMC, Etienne. I'm playing CMC, Etienne, and Hill, and I'm feeling good about CMC. Definitely won't see his normal volume. Uh, Hill with Bridgewater and the Jags care less next week is big. Um, so I, 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 that, that, that big, that, that big, that big three, I think is still good. I mean, I, I think there is some, there is a second question about worrying about the impact of Waddle and Hill on Teddy Bridgewater. And, and we kind of touched on that one a little bit, you know, Hill. Yeah, I, I don't think it's much. I don't, I don't think there's much of an impact They're They're, they're both guys who make their living on yak. Uh, it's not like Teddy has to force the ball down the field to get to them. Uh, they're both very speedy guys who can uh, outrun this Patriots secondary. Yeah, it's they they could get some, but I mean it's not going to be easy. But and I know one thing that it'll be cold in New England. Uh, maybe a little bit of rain is is in the forecast, but it's not going to be anywhere near what they what they've expected. And both those guys are used to playing in cold weather. Tyreek, you know, all those years in Kansas City, and Waddle played at Alabama, where you know in November, December, it was always it was always pretty cold. So, uh, last game we'll talk about. We're, I'm, we're going to leave. We're, we're going. There was a. We'll leave Denver, Kansas City for another day. I'll put it in the article, but. Uh, but th- this is the heavyweight championship match. Buffalo, the game that so many people were, were talking about when best ball season was, was going around, targeting this game. This game is going to flip fantasy championships one way or another. Buffalo 12-3 and three at Cincinnati 11-4. Buffalo is one-and-a-half-point favorites, road favorites, 49-and-a-half-point over-under. It's going to be 61 degrees, 61 glorious degrees in Cincinnati. For Monday Night Football, it's great. What hasn't been great was has has been uh, Stefan Diggs' production of late. You know, in his last three games, he's just got ten catches for for 123 yards on 16 targets. And it is the thank you, thank you, amigo Graham Barfield for giving us that. The last game that he had 10 plus targets was Week 12. You know, I know you're starting him, but how? What's the, and in fact, I am starting him in that fantasy point staff league. Uh, how, are you worried for me? No, not really. Um, Diggs is the guy who who pretty much plays his best football when he needs to. Uh, yeah. games against the Jets, the Do- the reeling Dolphins, Chicago, these, these are all games, uh, that one, uh, the Bills would rather run in, you know, g- given the cold weather that they dealt with. Um, you know, given the fact that Josh Allen has always been better with his legs in games like those, 
Uh, they've been busy with J- Devin Singletary and James Cook. Uh, there wasn't really much of a need to uh, have big games from Stephon Diggs, especially in the in the Jets and Chicago games where he was under seven points in both of those. You know, at the very least in the Miami game, he had you know nine targets and uh, you know five catches for sixty yards. Just didn't have the touchdown luck, and um, you know it's certainly been bad luck on that front. But Allen's been a little bit different. Uh, he's turned the ball over in bad spots this mm. year. Uh, I th- I think this is a game. This this could be the highest scoring game on the slate. It w- it wouldn't shock me at all if it was. Uh, you know, we could see sixty five points in this one. I-, I think Diggs is plenty busy in this game. I think this is a game where ga- guys like Gabe Davis get involved a lot. I think this is a game where Allen is forced to throw the ball since since his run defense is stronger than their pass mm, yes. defense. Uh, you know, I, I think this is a game where the Bills will find themselves throwing a lot. I think Diggs will be busy. I think he'll have at least 12 targets. Um, you know, I, I and to, to add to that fact, the Bengals have a big injury issue of their own with uh, their right tackle, you know, Studwell Collins going down with an ACL injury for the season. So I, I do think that the, the Bills will be really busy. I think this is a spot for them to take advantage of. When the Bills are up, they like to press the envelope and throw, throw, throw a little bit more. So, uh, you know, this is not a game that I, I think that you're going to have to worry too much about Diggs. I think he's just going to do just fine. No, I, I, I think uh, I, I, I'm feeling confident. And I also remember two years ago on Monday Night Football in week and then week 16 on championship week. He went for nine catches, 145 yards, and three touchdowns against that Bill Belichick defense, which kind of, and uh, in fact, that cost me a championship. That uh, so, I, I'm 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 I'm, pl- I'm playing with confidence, and plus the fact that I'm going up against Josh Allen. So if if Diggs does well, I know if Allen does well and throwing to Diggs, that that it almost cancels each other out. On the other side, the the uh, the other one that I'm interested in, intrigued about is Jamar Chase, and and like I said, this was the smash spot that I was targeting way back when. I know Tre'Davious White is back, um, not shadowing, but he's playing he's playing plenty. Graham also pointed this out in the, in Joe Burrow's last 10 starts, 71% completion rate, 70, 7.9 yard per, yards per attempt, two, almost 295 passing yards, 25 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and the Bengals are nine and one. And, uh, it's, so they're firing on all cylinders in Chase's last games. I mean, his, he's gotten at least seven receptions in every game. He's gotten two touchdowns in that span. I, I think that I think things are things are look, looking potentially good for Chase to have himself a big game too. Yeah, and uh, that that definitely makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Buffalo is you know gives up a lot of points to the outside receivers, and I I think that he's going to be plenty busy. So I, again, this is a game that I think is going to be really high scoring. So I don't I don't think you have a lot to worry about on either side with these receivers. I, I think that both of them are going to be in smash bots. Uh, Chase is going to move all over the formation. Uh, and, it, you know, I, I, do, I do think this is just a big spot for a guy like him who has a lot to prove. 
No, it's it's uh, and it and it is, and it'll leave me when he has a big game this week. It'll leave me with what might have been <laughs> if he hadn't missed those games. You know, I mean, it would, uh, it, it definitely would have left me uh, with what might have been. So I uh, I want to I want to close up shop. Uh, let me see if there are any other questions in the chat real quick. Um, okay, we got all. Uh, yes, Mr. Scampers, I do believe that Ben Johnson stays for at least a couple years. So, uh, but hey. Uh, Quick, quick uh, Mexican food aside, any new discoveries that you found? I know we talked about uh, this earlier this year. Any, any, uh, any, anything new you've tried? Honestly, no. I've been really, really boring this uh, this fall. I've I've just been locked in, locked in in football. Um, I I I do uh, I go to Vegas in a couple of weeks um, for a company retreat, and then I'm going to the DR at the end of January for a buddy's bachelor party. So I'm, I'm sure I'll try something new while I'm down there. Uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have to uh, get some recommendations from uh, fantasy Twitter on, on what to try while I'm down in the DR. Oh man. Well, I'll definitely, I, I may, I may have some recommendations. Uh, I'll, 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 I, I won't ask where you're staying now. I'll wait till we go, go off. So in case, Absolutely. in case your fans don't go finding you, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll have some uh, recommendations for you. Definitely. Um, oh, mi amigo, uh, please feel free, pump everything you got going on. I know it's a bunch, but yeah, send it out there. Well, look, uh, you know, you guys can find me on Twitter at, uh, at swagman 95. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm busy on a day to day at uh, at Vegas Insider doing content management and strategy over there. Uh, season's wrapping up at the other places though. Fantasy Points, you can always find all my betting content over there. And at Fantasy Points, uh, you know, doing the uh, doing some weekly stuff with them as well. But uh, you know, it's it's a little bit quiet on that front as we uh, we head into the fantasy off season finally. And then um, I'm gonna be happy to be getting uh, getting the podcast back going up with my buddy Jay uh hopefully next month maybe maybe february we'll see where we go and uh you know but for the time being i'm just gonna be rooting him on for uh him doing best ball mania three and uh going from there but thank you again for having me on always have a blast talking with you my friend oh man amigo. it was so great it, it was so great kind of like uh seeing you face to face and giving you a big hug and uh and sharing some drinks in in canton and uh looking forward to it again and uh oh man well i know you're in vegas all the time you never know i might be able to uh i, I i've i've been known to be in that city so you never know we might be there at the same time <laughs> oh my amigo so everybody thank you again for joining us everybody who's in the chat anthony mr scampers caden obviously la dama uh, the, you know, good luck, best of luck to you and Scott fishbowl, 12 finals go, you know, to, you know, let, let it fly. Like, uh, like, like Sam likes to do on the golf course again, familia. I'm at Jorge Martin 17 on Twitter. Please give us a like and subscribe when you go to YouTube. And if you want to go, you want to listen to this on the audio, thank you to anchor for putting us on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Again, familia ffb.com. I'm going to have an article on this, but Definitely, you'll see it when when you go on Twitter. But uh, again, everybody, buena suerte, buena buena suerte in your fan in your finals this week. Get that chip. We're still going to keep going through the uh, through the the Super Bowl with uh, with you know with DFS and betting content. But um, yeah, we want you to win right now. So and remember, todos somos familia. Salud.